Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to Haunted Tales, your weekly dose of horror. We've got everything from ghosts, cryptids, and curses to deals with the devil, giant insects, and more. Sit back and enjoy this week's story after a little message from our friends. It happened back in his old room, just as he pulled out a small and brittle cardboard box stuffed right into the back of his old wardrobe. The smell that hit him. It wasn't just the dust and the odor of ancient, useless mothballs, but something different. Something long, long forgotten and buried deeply amid his memories. Peter stopped, his finger still grasping the edges of the cardboard, while the rest of his mind felt transported back in time. Back to those days when he had lived here last. No. Not even those last few days, just around his thirteenth birthday, but earlier. He thought he could hear the birds outside his window again, sitting in the old oak tree, singing their songs. Mom's small radio downstairs, blaring at a level that reached up to his room. She would have started cooking already, the old gas stove, he knew and smiled. Turning up the radio was her way of telling him that he better not leave the house, that soon dinner would be served. The world was colourful, vibrant, full of life and mysteries. But then he blinked, and suddenly his vision disappeared like a puff of smoke. Peter felt it as well. The chill now creeping up his body, the crick in his neck he had gotten from sleeping on an old strange mattress last night. The sadness that now made him blink involuntarily. Shaking his head softly, he pulled out the box and sat it down on the small desk he had done his homework on all those years ago. This trip was harder than he would have thought, he had to admit. Emotionally, that was. How could that be? All he had felt two weeks ago when the lawyer had called him was anger and resentment. They had wronged him had kicked him out on the eve of his 13th birthday, while his friends and the rest of his life stayed back here. They packed him a bag and sent him to his aunt and uncle. Ignoring his cries and pleas, not even waving goodbye, no calls, no letters, no visits. Peter closed his eyes and gripped the edge of the desk to calm himself down. He was shaking with rage, yet... He could feel tears welling up, memories and impressions still lingering in his mind. The smell of mom's cooking and dad's pipe, his father's big hand resting on his shoulder as he helped him with a school project, their warm smiles. Peter let go and whirled around, stomping out of the room and down the stairs. His mind was in turmoil. Why? That was the question that plagued him so much. 
Why had they done this? Why were the memories coming back now? Why did this former life now feel so different, so distant? Everything okay, honey? He heard Emily shout in response to his loud and angry steps. It felt like he was being torn in two. Like somehow his entire life's history was crumbling all around him. All that resentment and hate he had felt for his parents, harbored for them, were still there. Yet somehow something seemed to be shifting inside of him now. As if there was a second set of emotions, of memories slowly bubbling up to the surface. Everything all right? His fiance asked again, real concern in her voice. He nodded and shook his head while descending those last few steps and felt her hand on his cheek. It's... I don't know. Words were hard to come by. He could feel his anger subsiding already, his head cooling off a bit with her touch, yet his confusion remained. I've had a look through the kitchen and living room cabinets already. The binder with the important documents got damaged a bit over the years. At least yours were. Your name scratched or blotched out of all of them. And it seems your parents really liked cast iron. We could take a few pans, you know. Peter nodded without listening. He trusted her to take only what was strictly necessary. They had the whole day to get what they wanted, and after that, the lawyer would take care of the rest. He'd probably donate everything that wasn't useful, and maybe auction off some of the more expensive items. The biggest problem right now was that he still needed to sort through his own room and his parents' bedroom. That was something he couldn't let anyone else do. Yet somehow his mind seemed to go haywire every time he tried to start this task. I can do your dad's study, you know, Emily said, almost whispering, and suddenly Peter felt himself standing straight up. No, that was another one of the rooms he couldn't palm off on her. His father had been a bastard, but there still might be stuff in his study that could be useful. It's okay. I'll go check it out right now, Peter replied, trying to smile and walked off. Study, his room, bedroom. He would force himself to work through those three, and then he and Emily would pack up and leave. If he was quick, they might get out of here before sundown, he promised himself, as his feet carried him through the house to the door of his dad's study. This felt strange, he thought. Somehow like he was a child again. Mom sending him here to get his dad. He could feel the shivers of anticipation again, just like back then. But not fear, no. His hand raised up, ready to knock softly on the old wooden door before he caught himself once more. Dad wasn't here anymore, Peter had to tell himself. Neither was Mom. 
There was no supper, no dinner. He grabbed the handle and pushed the door open with a single quick motion. The smell that hit him brought him back to his childhood once more. Old leather from the books in the bookcases lining the walls. Furniture polish and the smell of tobacco. You could see his dad's pipe still resting at the edge of the big mahogany desk, but the letter opener had always kept in a small pencil holder was missing now. His father had spent hours in this room every day, working on God knows what, yet always having time to help him with his homework. Conflicting emotions flooded him again. Once a month, he had helped him in turn, cleaning and polishing the desk. It was important to keep it spotless. He walked over, extended a single finger, and dragged its tip across the smooth, cool surface. In all these years he hadn't been here, his dad still had kept up this ritual. There were no scratches, not a single bump in the wood. A smile crept up on his face as he took the small lighter, then touched the pipe resting in its brass stand. It moved, and below its base, Peter could see something that immediately made him hold his breath. A deep, dark scrape ran through the plate of the desk. Shaking his head, he picked up the pipe and its stand. His heartbeat was racing now. There were more of them. Scratch marks deliberately cut into the wood. Something his dad would have never allowed. He turned his head and looked at them as he walked around. They hadn't been done randomly. No. Those were words. Two of them. Difficult to decipher as if someone had scratched them in there in a panic. Don't remember. He could see that those words hadn't been polished over, must have been carved into the wood after his father had done his ritual for the last time. His eyes wandered down. There, behind the foot of the desk, he could see something. The brass letter opener his dad had used since Peter could remember. It was completely bent out of shape, had been dropped there next to the desk and forgotten. A strange mix of fear and anger felt him. Those two words. Had Dad done this just before he died? No, wait. He couldn't have known what would happen, right? Mom and he both died in their sleep, huddled together on the couch in the living room. At least, that was what the lawyer had told him. No sign of struggle, nothing indicating foul play. Don't remember. Did he have problems with his memories? He hadn't been that old. Early onset dementia, maybe? Peter could feel another mix of emotions inside his mind. As if some part of his subconscious was stirring screaming at him to finally open his eyes. Shit, he needed to get out of this room. Turning around, he could feel a cold breeze hitting his back, heard a fluttering sound, like small wings moving close to his head. Don't remember.
he whispered as he left the room behind in a hurry, throwing the door shut immediately once he was outside. His pulse was still racing. A single bead of cold sweat was running down the side of his face. Oh! He heard Emily swoon through the ceiling, and his body moved as if it had been stung by an insect. Running through the house, he headed for the stairs, sprinting up without a moment's hesitation. She hadn't screamed for help, but somehow the sound had still woken up something inside him, some urge to protect her. He reached his old room's door, came to a sliding halt, and saw Emily there, by his desk, her hand still inside the cardboard box he had taken out before. Slowly, she lifted up her arms, pulling something out while making that swooning noise again. What is that? Peter heard her ask, and could see the small metallic thing she was lifting up now glimmering in the light, while his mind went almost completely blank. It was as if something was controlling him. Some part of him knew the answer and spoke without his say-so. It's a small robot Dad and I built when I was around 12 years old. Josh, we called him. Peter watched as his fiancée started moving the small doll's arms and legs, turning it over with a twinkle in her eyes. That's so cute! She laughed again. He could feel himself smiling as well, even though he felt like screaming at her to drop it immediately. The longer he looked at the thing, the worse he felt. Why that name? Josh. He shook his head, and his body finally obeyed him again. Slowly, strange memories started to come back to him. Sitting in the workshop in the garage, Dad at his side, showing him the plans he had worked out of Peter's childish drawings. It was a happy memory. Only, it didn't feel that way. He was sad, now thinking back on it. Even a bit scared. Dad had smiled, but just for a bit. This thing was important. A promise, he had told him. Please put it back, Peter whispered, the strange mix of emotions still whirling around in him. Emily smiled as she put the small robot down on his desk and pulled out the next item from the cardboard box. A small book, bound in dark leather. You had a diary? Her voice sounded almost mocking, yet Peter shook his head already before freezing in place once more. Didn't he? There were giant glaring holes in his memories. Never before had he felt it quite like now. Some things you're better off forgetting, he whispered under his breath, hearing those same words out of his dad's mouth. He could see Emily's thumbs already resting on the edges of the cover, and his body moved before hers could. Shooting forward, arms outstretched, he snatched a small diary out of her grasp and could see the shock in her eyes. 
I'm sorry, he hissed almost immediately, holding the book now behind his back, out of her reach, while she still looked at him with this shocked expression. What's gotten into you? She sounded truly hurt, even frightened, yet Peter could only shake his head, no words coming out of his mouth. This thing was dangerous. Every part of his subconscious howled at him. But he couldn't say that. Didn't want her to know. Pain shot through his head like a migraine, and he grimaced as his legs buckled beneath him. He heard a voice that sounded like it was coming from far, far away. It was Emily. This mind-splitting pain still had him in its grasp, grinding his synapses into fine mist, while the whole world seemed to disappear around him. Peter? He was vaguely aware that he was kneeling on the floor right now, both his hands clasping his head while bright flashes of light danced in front of his now-closed eyes. Someone touched his shoulder and squeezed it slowly. Don't you remember? That voice was new. Coming from inside him, inside the pain, it seemed. New and yet old. He knew it, a part of his mind warned him, was very, very familiar with it. Had heard it last when he was a child. Wanna play with us? He screamed and could feel his head almost splitting open completely before suddenly the pain disappeared and Peter felt his body collapsing on the floor. Honey, what's wrong? Emily was still calling him, shaking his shoulder. Spit was running from his mouth. He could feel his arms and legs trembling, but the pain was gone. He was back in control. Peter told himself, feeling a slight tinge of discomfort as he thought those words. Slowly opening his eyes, he could see the old carpet he was now lying on and felt Emily's hand still grasping his shoulder. I'm gonna call an ambulance, he heard her hiss, and suddenly he felt a strange kind of fear gripping him. Don't. His mouth was dry, his tongue seemed swollen but he grasped his fiancée's wrist to hold her in place while softly shaking his head. I'm all right. It's okay. No ambulance. The words tumbled out of his mouth while he turned his body slowly until he rolled over onto his back. Emily was looking down at him, fear in her eyes. He wanted to tell her that everything was all right, that he was feeling better already but somehow his body still didn't seem to work right. His movements were laboured, sluggish, and his thoughts were slow. He was staring right at the lamp still hanging in the middle of the room. Its bright light seemed strangely colourful. Specks of green, red, purple and yellow appeared in it. Let me help you up. He heard Emily whisper, felt a hand beneath her shoulder as she pulled at him, and he slowly rose from the floor. Cautiously, she held onto his arm, 
guiding him toward the bed in the corner, the one he had slept in so many years ago, before it happened, before. He looked back and could see the diary still lying on the carpet. Please, can you give me... Peter mumbled, could see Emily following his gaze as his back touched the old soft mattress and saw her running over there, picking up the old leather-bound book. This time, she didn't grasp the edges, brought it to him before softly stroking his forehead. Her hand felt hot against the cold sweat on his brow. You take it easy now, okay? I'm going to check out the bedroom, have a look around, and if there's anything you need, you just call out to me, all right? Peter could feel the leather beneath his fingertips. Emily stayed a few seconds longer while he rested his head on the pillow. He could see she was looking around the room and could feel her trepidation. There was something on her mind. She was always like this if she wasn't sure if she should bring up a topic. What is it? Peter asked, feeling the pain and lethargy slowly lessening. It's nothing, really, she replied, and he grasped her wrist. You know, after what you told me about your parents, I don't know, I imagined them somehow different, more... More mean-spirited? But there isn't a speck of dust in your old room. All your stuff is still here, kept clean and safe. It still looks just like a child's room should look like, don't you think? Peter closed his eyes for a moment. Yeah, it really was exactly as the day when he had been kicked out of here. Wings were fluttering in the darkness around his closed eyes. He could feel the tiny gusts of wind on his skin. So, they kicked you out to do what exactly? Keep your room just the way it had been? Why not throw your stuff away? Turn his room into another study or something? It definitely wasn't about money, I can tell you that much. Peter felt a pang of pain and guilt, yet wasn't sure why exactly. No, they had kicked him out, when he wasn't even old enough to live by himself. I was a bad, bad child, Peter mumbled, feeling a tear in the corner of his eye. Emily pulled her hand out of his grasp before softly stroking his cheek. I'm sure there was a reason. We'll find it together, okay? You can stay here and rest a bit. I'll be back soon. Her hand left his cheek as she turned and walked out, leaving him behind with long-forgotten emotions and memories still fighting to come to the surface. Something inside of him didn't let them. A blockade in his mind. Don't remember. It was a message to him, a warning. He felt it, knew it. Yet, those words pretty much did the opposite of what they should. Instead of warning him off, they focused his mind. Why shouldn't he remember? Why was he thinking of calling himself a bad, bad child? 
What had he done? Peter forced himself to stop. Whatever it was, it was dangerous. There was no doubt about that. Dad hadn't ruined his perfectly kept mahogany table for nothing. He needed to do something else, Peter thought, and felt the letter of the diary in his hands. It was a bad idea, some part of him warned, but right now he felt like it was the only thing he could do. If he got some inkling of what had happened, it might even help him steer clear of whatever danger was lurking in his mind. Peter blinked a few times, tried to keep his head steady as he turned his body to the side and put the diary next to himself. He had no memory of writing something like that, but a feeling of the letter against his fingertips still elicited some emotions from him. Late at night, lying here in the light of his bedside lamp, a pen in his hand, opening the book to write down what bothered him most in this world. Those times had been simpler. He could feel his heart rate picking up as he hooked his thumb beneath the cover. This was wrong, a voice told him, but a small book already opened and he could see the first page. Diary of... There was a big black smudge where his name should have been. Strange. Peter mumbled and flipped to the next page. The handwriting was childlike, and as he read along, he could feel old memories stirring in him. About school. Friends he hadn't thought about in decades. And right at the end, where he closed the entry, was the next dark smudge. Signed, no one. Peter felt dread rising inside his chest and flipped the page. Another entry. Signed, a smudge, instead of a name. He couldn't even make out a single letter. Had he done this? No way, his subconscious screamed. Another page and another. Every entry ended the same. There was no name. His eyes flew over the words. Jacob did this. Mrs. Bowler said that to me. Lucy smiled at me. The sound of wings in the night. Peter's hand started to shake. Smudge, smudge, smudge. Every time he should see his name, the writing was smudged, as if someone had erased him. Flipping through the rest until he found the last entry, Peter could feel his heart already racing. The diary was shaking now in his hands as he started to read the last eight words out loud. Wings everywhere. Voices. They are talking. The Fae. Beneath it, there was no smudge, no name, no nothing. A fluttering sound reached his ears and made the hair along his arms stand up. Something stirred in his memory. That last night, they had been in his room. So many talking, laughing, as if it all was just a joke. He had sat there, under his blanket, holding onto the robot, talking to it, trying to ignore the things fluttering around his room, calling him. 
Cold sweat was running down his neck. Tiny wings were moving behind his head. Welcome back, a voice whispered close to his ear, and Peter jumped up from the bed, letting the diary fall to the floor. He was whirling around, looking at the spot he had heard the voice from, and could make out a soft chuckling sound, while the noise of wings now permeated the air. Memories were flooding his brain. Evenings he had spent in this room, talking to them. Mom caught him once, and her face had turned as pale as snow. That had been just before everything changed, when he had thought they were his friends. Peter staggered backward and could hear footsteps coming from his parents' bedroom. Is everything all right? He turned and ran as more memories flooded him. Their laughter sounded friendly and childlike. They had talked to him throughout the night. Dad's panic, as Mom told him. The small robot they built, so he had something to ignore them and protect him. Then, the worst night of his young life. His mistake. Talking to them and falling into that trap. Peter reached the landing of the stairs and could see Emily looking over at him. What is happening? She asked, and this expression on her face reminded him of the way his mom had looked as the whole pack of those things had started to laugh loud enough to wake up his parents. Pete, she said, and he jumped to put his hand over her mouth, begging her with his eyes to stop talking. Invisible wings were whizzing around them. He could make them out clearly now. This house was cursed. Come on, boy, give us your name. He heard the same voice from before whispering and laughing into his ear. That had been what had turned his life upside down back then. He had given them his name, and the fae loved nothing more than catching children and taking them away. So his parents intervened pushed him out to save him while they stayed behind as entertainment. He could see the fear in Emily's face, her eyes darting around from corner to corner, trying to find the source of the noise. Peter shook his head silently. Talking to them never led to anything good. His mom had told him stories back then, and they all ended the same. You do not negotiate with fairies, at least not if you want to get out of it alive. Don't think we'll let you leave like that, boy. The voice hissed, now sounding agitated, angry. You still owe us. We still own you. He could feel an unseen hand pushing him softly, then pulling at his shirt. This was still just playing to them, he knew. Mom had told him, warned him. If they got really mad, they would become dangerous. And ignoring them ticked them off. I don't owe you shit. You took my parents from me, he hissed, pulling Emily behind him, facing the empty room. Laughter erupted around him 
sounding far too merry for his liking. He needed to get out of here, at least to let Emily leave. Slowly he moved, pulled his fiancée with him down the stairs. We took nothing but what belonged to us, the voice answered between the still giggling sounds surrounding him. Now, give us your name, and don't you dare lie. He reached the top of the stairs and could feel Emily shaking in his back. Their mood was souring. Around him, a fluttering noise got louder. They were everywhere in this house, infested it like some kind of disease. I don't owe you my name, he repeated, pushed Emily softly toward the stairs and heard the first step groan under her weight. Peter didn't dare to look back, try to shield her as best he could from those invisible things that fluttered around the air. Yes, you do. We still own you. Josh, it was. But what is it now? The sound of the name made him shiver. He had heard these exact words once before, spoken to him just as his mother had stormed into his room and pulled him out of bed. Stay, Josh, the voice commanded, while he pushed Emily softly on, following her down the stairs. Hissing sounds were coming from above, thousands of tiny creatures incensed that he would disobey their words. Right at the edge of his peripheral vision, he could see them, hanging in the air, strange shapes that now had stopped buzzing about. This wasn't a good sign. Run, he whispered, and turned his head to his fiancée. He should have never come here, especially with her. The hissing sound got louder. He braced himself against the railing, watching shadows up there, at the head of the stairs starting to form. Get to the door, Peter howled, heard Emily already reaching the bottom of the stairs and felt a cold chill hitting his face. They were coming, he could feel it. Something touched his chest. It felt like it was vibrating stronger and stronger while tiny voices started to scream all around him. He tried swatting at them, but felt no kind of resistance until suddenly his feet left a step. Peter screamed as his hand left the railing, and he got thrown back, far harder than he had ever thought possible. Emily howled as well. Closing his eyes, he tried to protect his head, and heard the things above now laughing while he fell, crying out in joy as his back hit the stairs. All the air was pushed out of his lungs at once. He felt pain shooting through his whole body as he bounced off, rolled down and hit the floor of the ground level. Peter opened his eyes and could see Emily standing there at the door, staring back at him. Give us your name, the voice whispered, threatened. Forcing himself up onto his knees, he groaned shot his fiancée a last look, then whirled around and started to run in the opposite direction. As long as they were occupied with him, 
they would let her go. Those things love to play with their prey. Sadists, the whole lot of them. He could hear wings fluttering behind him, keeping up with ease, yet delighting in his panicked flight. His feet carried him along, just like they had done all those years ago when Mom had called him to dinner. Get out of here, he screamed, hoping that Emily was lessening or had left already. Something pushed him from behind, made him stumble and crash into a wall. There were stars in front of his eyes, small winged creatures dancing between them. Give us your name. No, he wouldn't. They'd have real power over him, just like they did with his parents. Could keep him here, torture him for years to come. Until they got bored. He came back to his feet to cheering and laughter, could taste blood on his tongue, yet started to run again. Another shove hit his back, yet this time Peter already expected it. He fell into the living room, missing the edge of the door by a hair's breath, screaming again for Emily to run. There wasn't much else he could do. They still laughed and cheered at him while he tried to come back up to his feet. Give us your name, this one voice kept repeating, yet he ignored it, feeling the fear pushing away the pain as he jumped into the kitchen, grabbed the first cast iron pan he could get his hands on, and threw it through the air toward the laughing and cheering. It hit the floor with a loud bang, followed by howling laughter all throughout the house. The higher his panic rose, the more they enjoyed themselves. Being stuck here for years must have been hell for his parents. And it was his fault. Stop playing around, the voice demanded, but he hardly listened. His back was pressed against the old gas stove, while his hands turned all the knobs they could find. Those things didn't care about what he did. They only wanted to keep him in here, with them, until he gave them his name. Peter closed his eyes for a moment and prayed silently that Emily had already escaped. I don't have a name anymore, he finally replied, and the laughter around him seemed to stop. In the silence he could hear the hissing clearly, coming from behind him. Just a bit more. He only needed to keep them occupied for a tiny bit. Liar! 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 The voice hissed, and others joined in. They sounded angry now, and Peter pushed himself off the stove, keeping their attention on him, while praying they wouldn't notice the gas filling the room now. He could feel something shoving him, stumbled backward and whirled around. You took it from me. Peter howled in anger, unsure where exactly he should look. They were everywhere. His subconscious warned him. The mood shifted again, voices laughed all around him before something shoved him once in his back, harder now. Peter stumbled, stretched out his arms to catch himself before he could hit the wall, and heard another wave of cheering. You stole everything from me. Slowly, he backed away, while the voices howled from joy. 
Something touched his cheek, and Peter felt hot pain as it scratched the skin beneath his eye. We steal nothing. An angry voice shot back at him, sounding completely indignant. He passed the threshold into the living room, looked around, and could see the shadows moving slightly in there. How much longer? Another shove hit him, pushed him back, and his hip collided with the table. Pain shot down his leg. He grimaced. They would torture him until he gave in. His instinct warned him again. Peter tried pushing himself off the table, but an invisible force held him in place. Now, give us your name. A drop of blood was trickling down his cheek, and he could feel hundreds of tiny hands all over his face. He looked around, searched for anything that might help him, and as his eyes found a window, his blood froze. Emily was there, outside, looking in with pure terror in her eyes. She opened her mouth, and he shook his head. Peter! His fiancée screamed through the pane of glass, and suddenly the things around him stopped. A low, mean chuckle filled the air, as the hands let go of his face, and he felt the pressure on his chest lessening. That doesn't count! He screamed at them. She can't give away my name. They chuckled and laughed as his fiancée knocked against the glass. Peter could feel their eyes now wandering from him to her. Stay away. He tried to scream, but felt a hard push that sent him flying backward again, hitting his mom's old cabinet where she kept the fine china and everything one had needed for a dinner party. His eyes found hers. She would try and come back in again. And when she stepped inside, they both would be caught. Peter pushed a hand behind him, felt around, and finally found some paper napkins. It had to be enough. Right now, they didn't even look at him. His dad's old lighter was still in his pocket. He bunched up the paper and set it alight. A small flame crept over the edges, singed his fingers as he stumbled back toward the table. Emily was looking at him, staring at him wide-eyed, and now he could feel the attention of those things shift to him again as well. Please let it be enough. He prayed in his mind and threw the watered-up bowl of burning napkins into the kitchen. Something caught fire in the middle of the living room. A flame shot up as invisible wings burned, and a screech, louder and more piercing than anything it ever heard, filled the whole house. Peter laughed and watched as the watered-up bowl hit the floor of the kitchen and rolled along. Fuck, he thought, and felt something pierce the skin on his forehead. Tiny claws scratched at him as all the fae inside the house now came rushing toward him, intent on ripping him apart. Through the haze of pain, he looked around. Blood was running into his eyes as he tossed and turned, feeling their claws on every part of his body, piercing and scratching his skin. There was Emily, outside, still looking in with terror in her eyes. 
The tiny monsters hissed into his ears as he grabbed hold of the table and turned away. He could see the ball of napkins smoldering on the floor. The air around it shifted. A spark shot up into the air. Peter screamed as the whole kitchen was set alight and a wave of flames raced toward him. The whoosh swallowed their screams, their cries, their shouts, and as he was swept off his feet, he could see them burning and throwing their flaming bodies around while howling in pain. Peter coughed. He still smelled smoke, felt it in his lungs. Emily was there, pulling him along out onto the lawn. She was crying as sirens filled the air. The whole house was burning. He smiled and felt free for the first time in decades. Up in the window to his room, he could see a few of them racing around, up and down, each and every one of them catching fire, unable to leave the inferno now swallowing them all. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this week's story. If you did, please consider supporting us on buymeacoffee.com slash hauntedtalespod. If you have anything to share with us, be it comments, story ideas you would like to hear, or just cute pictures of your pet, you can find all of our social media links in the episode descriptions. Until next time.